Hi, everybody. You're listening to episode 14 of the Hips of Baseball podcast. I'm DeCarlo Calloway alongside Dorian. And on today's podcast, we don't want to be an umpire in Latin America, New Year celebration traditions across the world, and send a New York Mets billionaire fan into hiding. And we're not talking about any of the ones you might be thinking of. So we always start off every single episode by showcasing the drinks that we are having for this evening. So Dorian, what's up with you, brother? How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all our listeners. And to start... Hey, 2020. hey, 2020 ain't done yet, man. What are you trying to just get rid of it? Not... Okay, but, but look, look, by the time we put this out, it's going to be 2021. So yeah, happy New Year, point. everybody. <laughs> yeah, happy New Year, everybody. We made it if we if we do make it, you know. And still, still, at least it's the 30th today. So there's still the rest of the hours in this day and then another 24 on top of that. So, you know, who knows? Hopefully not. <laughs> Everyone who listens to this podcast knows we always start the podcast with drinks that fuels us through 38 odd minutes of intellectual awesomeness and today i'm gonna i'm going to open a beer from what i got from a local brewery it's called it's called a doppelbach it's a bavarian style doppelbach from a local brewery called the tank brewing company in miami florida i actually had to get a 64 ounce growler Normally, I'm drinking a 32-ounce crowler, but the Tank Brewing doesn't have 32-ounce crowlers, so I had to get a 64-ounce, the glass one. So um, I'm going to open up right now. I'm going to pour it out. If I'm a little too tipsy, by the end of the 38-odd minutes of this podcast, you'll know exactly why. So I'm going to do one thing. I I think drinking a Doppelblock, you're not going to be tipsy. You're going to be, like, flat-out drunk. (laughs) that's like this that's not this no seriously in the german like beers that's very very strong like that's like almost 14 percent alcohol uh correction this the, the tag here says it's eight percent so oh, it's still okay okay it's, that's still it's pretty high though oh yeah oh yeah you're so gonna, yeah you're gonna be this, it's, it's actually very nice it's very nice so today we're gonna do today. We're gonna have this little sneak peek. We're we're having a lot of '90s music in here, and it's gonna start right now. Let's talk about tech, baby. Let's talk about you. And well, me. I didn't even get to talk about my drink, man. What, what, what well, happened? I, I'm, this is part of my drink. We're gonna get okay. to you, dude. All right, I'm wondering. And, I'm and, like, and, hey, you and you're messing up my song. Let me go back to it. Let's talk. Let's talk about tech. We're gonna talk about tech. Why? Let's talk about tech. <laughs> wow have we just no honestly it's so bad it's we already like, double bach has already hit me yeah we're we're it, it shows how like dated we are is because for one Speak we're talking yourself, we're, man. we're really mr i'm using the melody from salt and pepper let's talk about sex let's talk about well tech. I'm, i don't i'm That's, not talking about that i'm talking about tech baby no and the but, reason i'm talking about <laughs> i was gonna say it's like one of those things like if you were ever in say like a corporate uh like one of those like big things you know what corporations always do to like mm. raise company appeal. It's like yeah. let's talk about tech. I was just, but it's funny. That's man. what, that's like what that. we're gonna do here on HBP. We're gonna talk about tech. We're gonna talk about people that we all know. Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, uh, Whole Foods, uh, Amazon Web Services, which a lot of companies and government agencies use. He, Jeff Bezos also owns a space company called Blue Origin. We're also we're also in the tech titans. We talk about blue uh, blue gates, Bill Gates, <laughs> Microsoft, <laughs> double block people. Look, Bill Gates can call himself whatever he wants. He's ridiculously wealthy. Uh, Microsoft, uh, and then you talk about the uh, the co-founders of Google with YouTube, Google Cloud, files everything. And we also can talk about Elon Musk, owner of Tesla, uh, his own space company, SpaceX. So these guys are building things that we all know. They're building new worlds. But I'm going to take you back because, you know, I love history. And so does it, Carlo. I'm going to take you back to the 19th century tech titans. These were men. Of course, they were men who built van, who not who didn't just build rockets to try to get to Mars, who didn't just build software companies. They built things you could touch, you could live in. And it's amazing. The oh, man I'm going to talk about. it, though. Not I mean, really. The well, I mean, the well, okay, yeah, you're right. Like the masses were, they were able to put their products 
on a and to to a massive uh consumer base so you know like henry ford everybody was able to you know at least the, you know, the middle class yeah so all right you're right you're right so the man i'm talking about with the miami tie-in is someone by the name of henry flagler people in miami south florida know henry flagler flagler street flagler flagler avenue flagler college the man was one of the original founders of the great one of the greatest corporations standard oil you talk about congress wanting to break up big tech now congress and teddy roosevelt was trying to break up standard oil standard oil was the was the was the brainchild of henry flagler not john d rockefeller john d rockefeller is the most famous of course because he had the most shares and he was the face of the company but in reality henry henry flagler was the brains of that company and he was uh ridiculously ridiculously wealthy he he had a much lower profile and he actually started selling his shares. He had, uh, in the early part of the 20th century, he had 30,000 shares in Standard Oil, compared that to John D. Rockefeller's almost quarter of a million shares. So as Henry Flagler starting to slow, slowly uh, sell his shares and he's getting all this money back, he's like, what in the world do I do with it? This man literally built Florida. He built train railroad station not railway he built railroads he built homes with uh the model land company all over florida the, his railway company was the uh, florida overseas overseas railway he built a train to key west that unfortunately a hurricane in i think it was the 1920s blew it away but to this day we still don't have a train that goes from miami to key west you can drive there and you actually and and the bridges that you drive are running parallel and sometimes on top of the train tracks that Henry Flagler built a hundred years ago. It, it, he built Palm Beach. He built Fort Lauderdale. He built Miami. The, the city was so he's incorporated. So like Florida's like Bob Moses. Sure. Uh, it, 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 without him, God knows what would have happened to this state. It would just been a swamp. People would have lived up in St. Augustine and... He had, this man had all the trappings of the wealth of the late 1800s, early 1900s. He had his own private Pullman car, which was your own train carriage, which in that day and age was your private jet. Yeah, yeah, that's, like your G, yeah that's like your G6. That's your, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you have. This, I challenge you to look into Henry Flagler. His wealth was unbelievable. And he decided, I want to go and build something. Literally, literally built something not software which we we need not trying to get get us to the moon he was like i want to keep going south on florida he did this initially because of love his i think it was his second wife was was a very sickly woman and they and they living in new york they had to get out of new york to go down to georgia and, and take the waters as it was back in that time and he and he had to keep going to places warmer and warmer right. he's like you know what yeah, there's nothing here I don't remember. You're, you're putting me on the spot. I don't. Rem I know this. I just don't remember right now. But I mean, it, it would kind of seem like that if they had to keep going from warmer place to warmer yeah. place to fill the air, because that was the main like remedy for people who had tuberculosis at that time. Yeah. So I'm going to leave you with two quick things on Henry Flagler. One was a quote by John D. Rockefeller. Someone asked him, "So were you the one that came up with the idea of Standard Oil?" And he and John D. Rockefeller replied to the journalist, "Quote: No, sir. I wish I had the brains to think of it." It was Henry M. Flagler, end quote. Again, Henry Flagler built railroads. He built homes. He built cities, towns. And he and when Miami was incorporated in 1896, he turned down the, the, the offer of naming it Flagler Town, Flaglerville after him. He's like, no, 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 no. No one needs to know. Everyone, no one needs to know because everyone knows. That's that, power. DiCarlo, that's power. That's power. That that's is true power. power. Yeah. Oh, this guy's amazing. He yeah. ended up, he ended up living to an old age in the eighties, in, 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 not in the 1980s, into his eighties. He passed away living in the breakers up in Palm beach. And if any of you know the Palm beach area, uh, it's a very exclusive place. Um, it's a very beautiful resort up there. And just to give you an idea, uh, in the early part of the 20th century, Henry Flagler's net worth, net worth would have been around uh, $12 billion. You might scoff at that saying, oh, Jeff Bezos is worth $150 million. No one before Henry Flagler and John D. Rockefeller for a long time had been anywhere near billionaires. The, 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 amount, the, the money that they made was outrageous. So I'm, I'm raising my glass of Doppelbach from a good 
local brewery here in Miami, the Tank Brewery, for our godfather, Henry Flagler. Cheers. You know, it's really interesting. The original titan. One of the original titans of industry. You know, it's really interesting, though, when you think of, say, like, um, comparatively speaking towards, say, titans of industry in the Gilded Age, and then you have the tech titans in our current age. It's how whenever there's a, a great leap in technology or advancement that allows for a certain set of individuals who had the vision as well as the um, strategic business acumen to cut off other individuals who've had that uh, same type of vision to dominate in such a way. Like when you look at say Jeff Bezos, I know, you know, as a historian, you, when people are going to write the time that we've lived in, they're going to really compare the Gilded Age to the current age. And it's interesting. It's almost like in hundred year cycles when you think about it, because the Gilded Age and especially the app, like the after effects, like economically speaking, you really started to see them within the night, like the 19 teens and the twenties. And now we're in the 2020s and we're seeing that happen as well. And how technological shifts, especially now when you have natural occurrences that are taking place has really accelerated that process and individuals who've had that vision to see, or at least map out a possibility are going to be the ones on top. It's just going to be interesting to see how we progress in this. But anyway, I digress. And I digress into my glass of uh, Marlboro Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc, which I, no real method to this. It wasn't like I actually knew what this was. Usually like when I buy wine, I'll use this um, Vivino app, which allows you to take a photo and it gives you like a rating. I just didn't have any like uh, patience for that. And I just saw something that was on sale. And it said, oh, Oyster Bay, because I'm uh, currently out on Long Island and Oyster Bay is on the North Shore. So I thought it was actually like from maybe brewed on one of the um, wineries <laughs> in Long Island. And it totally isn't. It's totally another like, island. Yeah, no, it's in New Zealand. Exactly. And But it's actually really, really good. And it's nice and smooth. It's, it's really subtle. And it's hitting the spot just for now. Sometimes I'm just like, I'll, when I have a drink, I have to somewhat, it's the feeling that I'm feeling. And Right now, I feel like uh, just a, a housewife on the island who just wants to have her little Sauvignon Blanc and talk about whatever is going on in her mind right now. But anyway, so <laughs> but anyway, guys, that's what I'm drinking today. And we want to know, HBP wants to know what you're drinking, what you're drinking for New Year's listener. So feel free to tweet us a picture of what you're drinking while you're listening to this podcast or when you're celebrating with, uh, I don't know, a couple of friends or family. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040. And remember to use the hashtag HBPDrink. So DeCarlo hinted at the fact that we don't want to, neither should you, would, uh, to be a umpire in Latin America. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But it's a, there's exciting times in Latin America right now. Those of you who've been listening frequently know that there's still base, there's winter baseball, high quality baseball being played in Latin America. One of those countries is the best league in Latin America, the Dominican Republic. And um, right now, they're in the playoffs. Were you going to say something, DeCarlo? No, I was saying amen. I was agreeing with you. That yeah. One of the best leagues. And the, there's not, they're in the, play, the playoff starts on the 2nd of January. And the weird thing that we Americans who follow baseball wouldn't understand in Latin America is that once a team advances or doesn't advance to the playoffs – the players from the teams who didn't go to the playoffs, they're eligible to be drafted and signed for the duration of the playoffs for the playoff team. Imagine what? Mike Trout. <laughs> yes. In, in, every, in Nicaragua, in Dominican Republic, in Mexico, in Venezuela, everywhere. Imagine Mike Trout, the best player in Major League Baseball, who never goes to the playoffs. Imagine the Atlanta Braves or the LA Dodgers signing him. He's like, hey, you didn't make it to the playoffs. Come to our team. <laughs> Wow, that this is, is dope, though. This always happens, yeah. And so one of the, it, so one of the things that happened was uh, one of HBP's favorites, favorite Dominican, not Dominican player, favorite player, uh, a young, super-duper young rising star, Fernando Tatis Jr. He's a shortstop for the San Diego Padres. And, he, and, and, and a Gatorade uh, endorsed athlete. I recently saw his okay. uh, ad on television, and it was quite, quite articulately put together. 
Oh, I, didn't, I haven't seen. I, I gotta check. Not that out, really. So. It's a freaking sports day. I'm oh, <laughs> it was nothing great, but I'm just saying it was. It was nice to see him on the rise and doing something like that, especially because he's a really talented guy. Yeah, and he's so talented that he got, he didn't play in the the regular season for the Dominican League, but you guessed it, he was signed for the playoff push by his former team Estrellas Orientales, the stars of the Orient. And we know from like four or five episodes ago, this this was the team that infamously tried to go viral on YouTube, and then uh, they never actually ended up showing their game <laughs> on there. So, just uh, give you a quick bullet points here: the defending champions of the Dominican League are the Toros del Este, and of course, they're in the playoffs. Estrellas Orientales is in it. Fernando Tatis Jr. played in the first game, and of course, he hit a home run. And one of DeCarlo's favorite players. Robinson Cano also signed to join uh, Estrellas Orientales. Hey man, he'll play for work. Like he'll yeah he'll play yeah he'll play for food, man. Because brother ain't getting paid from the MLB this season at all. I'm sure he has loads of money stashed away. Well, so if he's be... smart, man, you know you know what the funny thing like a lot of these athletes not not to diminish anybody, but unfortunately, some people come into wealth and don't really know how to properly invest it and you know, have the altruism of MC Hammer, who anybody who does not know MC Hammer was a, a rapper, famous rapper in the 1990s. And with, I think it was 1990 or 1991, made $33 million, which was such an astronomical amount for any type of artist within a given year. And my man thought that he could save the city of Oakland. Like seriously, the city of Oakland was on his payroll. And Unfortunately, he found himself super, super broke and filing for bankruptcy as a result. So, you know, sometimes people come into it and they might have it, but at the same time, they're coming from circumstances where you might have a lot of people you want to feed and you might not I don't think it well. I don't think that's Robinson Cano's thing. I don't think him, him spending his money in either altruistic or unaltruistic ways. It's just he has... Because of his steroid use, he has stopped his current income stream for Major League Baseball contracts. So mm. I hope he has all the money that he earned socked away somewhere in a Swiss bank in the Dominican Republic. Oof. Absolutely. Is it like and $250 million for this contract, something like that? That's, 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 a be- that's, that's beautiful. So we go from the Dominican Republic, who was who starting their, their playoffs in this weekend, by the time you hear this, we take our flying machine from Dominican Republic over we hop over the Caribbean Sea and go to Nicaragua. They have a uh, I'm sorry. So the Dominican Republic has straight knockout. They go semifinals and then the finals. And in Nicaragua they do they're in the playoffs now. It started back on the 26th of December and they do round robin. So there's four teams in the playoffs and each team plays 12 games. So they play four games against every team. The top two teams then go on to the final. Um, so again it's still early days in the Nicaragua uh, winter playoff. But Talking about 90s music, DeCarlo, I have to share this with you, and I know our, our listeners are going to love this. There's two games I want to highlight. One, okay. there was a game back on the 19th of December between Tigres de Chinandega, the Tigers of Chinandega, a town up in the north in Nicaragua, and they went to go visit the um, Leones de Leon. We talked about them before. The Lions of the Lions town of the Lion. Lion yeah. <laughs> the umpire the umpire behind the catcher and the batter, he got hit, as the Spanish broadcasting said, in the inheritance by a foul ball coming back up from home plate. In English, we would say he got hit in the family jewels. Mm. It was bad. It, I mean, the game stopped for almost 10 minutes, and they had to bring the the, the ambulance onto the field and take him off. It, it, it looked bad, and it was bad. I feel very sorry for him. But the good news is, uh, about uh, three or four days later, they were they were saying about oh the umpire that got you know hit in the inheritance. <laughs> I love that. That's a they very subtle well. way of saying that. Exactly, right, yeah. I love it. I love it. And he said he's doing well. He's doing fine. <laughs> he's not in the hospital anymore. So thank God that that particular umpire uh, hopefully uh, you know can do what he needs to do. And in that in in that same series uh, uh, the the next day. Oh, no, it wasn't the same series. The next day, uh, there was another game on the 20th of December. Tren del Norte, for those of us who've been taking notes from a few podcasts ago, that's the best team in the league, and they finished number one. They just crushed everybody from Esteli up in the mountains where they make cigars. They went to go visit 
Tigres de Chinandega, the Tigers from Chinandega, and the DJ, I don't even know what to call him because they don't have an organist there, but the, the DJ was was going all out playing three, only three songs, and he or she was mixing it up beautifully. They were playing, I got the power, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then they would mix it up with, everybody dance now, you know, you know the woman and who sung that, Martha Wash. She lives in Long Island. Like go. that woman could sing. Like she was, uh, mm-hmm. like seriously, she did that. She did, uh, uh, strike it up. Yeah, yeah. She did like Another every 90s. like '90s song that was on MTV yeah. Jock Jam CD. She sung it. And um, what was that band? Uh, the Weather Girls. It's raining men. That was mm. her too. That's from like the 70s. 70s yeah, from the '70s, early '80s. Yeah, because she was what. Her and another woman, I can't remember the lady's name, but they were two tons of fun with uh, Sylvester, who Billy mm. Porter tries to be like. If anybody within the LGBTQ uh, community knows, Sylvester was like the the queen king of it all. And uh, yeah, he's, you know, so they, they did a group with them. But yeah, she's a great, her, her voice was dope. And it was so kind of jacked up how, uh, you know, MTV, like they would literally like put some like skinny black model of, of to course, try to like mimic her voice. And it's like, really guys? Like, <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. And you know, that's, I mean, different times. Now, you know, you'd have the woman singing, even though, you know, because they would sit back and say like, she would be the equivalent of say, Gabourey Sinebe from Precious. Now she'd be singing it on the show, which is good because you know what? Beauty lies everywhere, people. Don't keep it's true. Yeah, hell yeah, man. And so going back to the the the, the stadium in Chinandega, the third ninety song they would play was "Jump Around" by House of Pain. But the "Jump Around" song, they would only do the very beginning, the very beginning of the song. You know, the uh, uh, what is it? The back. Back it up. Pick it, it was. Let me begin that part. Yeah, and oh, yeah. it was the guy or the girl DJ at the stadium. And it wasn't, they weren't just playing like the same parts of it. They would mash up those three songs. And it was, and even the, and the announcers were like, this guy's going, this guy loves <laughs> jump around. They were like, how, uh, <laughs> house of pain, you know, all this in, 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 in Spanish accents, but it was awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that game between Tigres and uh, uh, Tren del Norte and Chinandega because it was a good game, but it was, the music was just fantastic. <laughs> That's great. So we're once again, another more. indication of how old and washed we are. That old nineties music man, is uh, forever young and powerful. Okay. So we're going to take our uh, our flying machine one more trip in Latin America, and we're going back to the islands, back across the Caribbean Sea to go to Cuba. And Cuba's they are coming to the ends of the of their regular season, and there was again. Let's not don't be. Ladies and gentlemen, don't grow up to wanting to be an umpire in Latin American baseball leagues. There was a game on the 23rd of December between my new quasi-favorite Cuban league team, the elephant of the town of 100 fires, the Ele- Los Elefantes de Cienfuegos. Cienfuegos means 100 fires. That is fires such a game. theatric name. Oh, my God. I love it. I like, love whoever it. came up with that needs to get like an <laughs> award of some sort because it's so like passionate and theatrical. It's great. And they, so Cienfuegos, the reason they're one of my potentially favorite teams is because they have that amazing Cuban player, Cesar Prieto, or for you unfancy people, Cesar Prieto. He's not the one and, who has like the big, like, uh, you said, no, that's not the guy no, with the no, no. Sand mustache. No. Yeah, no, no, that's not you said to me, Sand. That's uh, Dick Dastardly. And oh, that's okay. uh, um, the, the center fielder for Tenet del Norte. He's, he's Guatemalan, but he plays in Nicaragua. Yo, no, hold on. It, I just had a thought. Interesting. Dick Dastardly, that's such a poor name, and he had such a porn stash in a cartoon in the 70s. Well, I mean, what do you expect? I know. You know what? Cartoons are nasty, people. Always look for the underhanded messages that are hidden within them. Yeah. And so when this, so Cesar Prieto, I, I believe I'm going to, I'm going to start an unsubstantiated rumor right now that Cesar Prieto is going to play in major league baseball in 2022, just completely unsubstantiated. I want to make it happen. This guy's a fantastic player. His arm impressed me in this game, but that's not why I'm talking about it. So they went to, to, to go play uh, Maya Beck, a team that I'd never seen. And they're frankly not that good. What, Malbec? And Maya Beck. Uh, you sure it's not Malbec? That's it's 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 Mayabek, and there was a pitcher from Mayabek 
And he threw, because uh, uh, DeCarlo, you know this, I've always been saying some of these Cuban pitchers just have no control. <laughs> this pitcher from Mayabek, he threw it so errant that his own catcher couldn't catch it. And it ended up hitting the umpire on his left elbow. And of course, the game the game stopped for a while, but he was fine. He didn't break it or anything. But the, the, even the announcer was like, whoa, that, that's really bad. It was so bad that bo- both Cienfuegos and Mayabek ended up using over 20 pitchers in this game it wow it blows my mind i don't you look into their bullpen in the cuban leagues and they just have like dozens of dudes i, I don't know where they get them from but <laughs> they have just a sign there. outside and say yo you want to pitch today <laughs> yeah you, you are you doing anything today between the hours of one and five o'clock i don't come, know come throw, come throw a pitch man like, yeah come go hit man. somebody and then the next day in that same series cienfuegos and maya beck maya beck they used three pitchers in the first inning. That tells you how upset their manager was because wow. he kept pulling them and pulling them and pulling them. And the last thing I wanted to say was I, this is more, I, I shouldn't say this, but I, I'm like kind of laughing at the main announcer for uh, the Cuban leagues. He has, he has this way of saying strikeout because in the Nicaraguan leagues that I watched, they, you know, in, in Latin American baseball, they still use a lot of the English words baseball because that's who introduced baseball to all these countries in Latin America. And so they still use like, you know, the, the bases and strikeout and, and this side and the other. But, they, but and they do it pre, with a pretty well accent because they've just been using it for so long. But the, but the Cuban announcer, he, when, the, when, a, when someone strikes out, he goes, strike it out. And I'm like, the first time I heard that, I was Is like, he like what a ball the hell? Strikeout? Huh? It's like no, that's the whole. No, that's the thing. It's not. He's not even like making fun of it. Like that's his like English version of strike out. He's like, but he's saying strike out. It's like so. It's so bad. I just laugh every time he says it. So oh, cheers to that. Bless uh, us all. That I have no idea who. I'm sure. Look, I've I've watched enough Cuban baseball games now that I should know what his name is. But I always just fast forward through the the announcers and all the beginning stuff. But cheers to him. He keeps me laughing. And please, Cuban pitchers, especially the people, the pitchers on Maya Beck. Stop. Try not to hit the umpires, okay? Thank you. That's funny. <laughs> so what this brings us is to, unfortunately, a not-so-funny subject, which is well, our show sponsor is amazing. They're very funny. But our show sponsor, New England's Merchant Bank, put us to work for your money. In these unprecedented times, the new normal is to use Venmo, PayPal, or any of the other fancy tech that these titans of tech have introduced to us. But isn't it nice to know that you still have a community bank working for you? Whether you need access to government COVID-19 grants, a no-frills business checking account, or open a savings account with your stimulus check, go with New England's Merchant Bank. Put us to work for your money. Especially that new stimulus money that y'all got out there. Keep that in mind. We want to make sure everybody takes care of themselves, economically speaking, and physically, mentally speaking, as we move into this coming new year. You know, it's December 30th as we uh, are recording this podcast. But when you guys get it, it's going to be 2021. And I know there'll be some uh, new... uh, things that you might experience. But Dorian, you were going to give us a little bit of a tutorial about Russian history on January 7th. What's that I about? don't know about tutorial and then people hear Russia in history and then auto- automatically they just go narcoleptic. No, what I'm going to say is we still, we, we wish everyone a happy, happy Christmas. What is it? British, a Merry Christmas last week. And we still have yet to, you know, I should have looked this up. I don't know how to say Merry Christmas in Russian. Uh, that's all. I know a few no, words in Russian. Russian. No, I know good. a few words in Russian, but I don't know how to say Merry Christmas in Russian yet. But anyways, back to the point. In Russia, they celebrate Christmas on the 7th of January. Why is that? Why is everything always messed up in Russia? Calm down, okay? We're not fighting the Cold War here anymore. It's because, and those of our loyal listeners know, are going to understand this, in the Greek Orthodox church which russia still which russia follows they still use well isn't the, it called eastern orthodox because it encompasses more than okay Greece? sure the eastern orthodox church still uses the julian calendar 
as opposed to the Gregorian calendar. Correct. And that was by the the Earl of uh, Chesterfield back like in episode, I don't know, eight or something like that or 10. Uh, So that's why, because as DiCarlo explained back then, they're still, I think, what is it, uh, 11 days behind us if if you still use the Julian calendar? Yeah, but it accumulates over the course of the year. So it's like, yeah. Something yeah, so like that. that so that's the reason why it looks a bit off in Russia. You could, if you have any family in Russia, if you know anyone who's Russian, if you know anyone who's or Greek, Christian Orthodox or Christian Cyprian, Orthodox, yeah, anybody because Easter, you, you still have plenty of time. You have plenty of time to buy them a Christmas present and wish them a Merry Christmas because they don't celebrate Christmas until the seventh of January, thanks to their sticking tr- to true tradition. The Julian calendar, which is eleven days behind our Gregorian calendar, which we use. Yeah, and you know, coming into New Year's, because regardless of whether or not you know, even though they'll be celebrating on January seventh, the majority, of the rest of the world will be celebrating twenty twenty one on January first. There's some unique uh, New Year's traditions that tend to uh, happen around the world, so. What I want to highlight is the 12 grapes in Spain. And I actually, I first learned about this um, from an old uh, Spanish power more that I had back in my youthful days because, uh, you know, I, I, I was dalliancing across the Atlantic in my 20s. And yes, yes, very romantic man I am. See, we don't have any modesty here in HBP, just so you know, we're very egotistical jerks. But anyway, but yeah, so I learned about it Speak then. for yourself. I, I, I take after Henry Flagler. I'm very modest. Yeah, yeah, that's BS. Because <laughs> you sat back and gave us a huge attaboy in the beginning of the show. So, um, of but, what? So, I didn't say anything. Oh, you were like, oh, you know, here we have our information at HBP. Whatever, man. Where are you, you know. All right, let's go back. Yeah. Let's go back to New Year's and grapes and wine. And yeah, so they do for twelve Spain. rings of a bell or tolls of midnight to welcome the year. They eat them, and they believe is popularized in 1909 by farmers in Alicante uh, as a way to dispose the surplus grapes from an uncharacteristically large harvest that year. And it was one of those things that kind of stuck around. So, and you know what? That kind of makes sense if you think about it. If it was an uncharacteristically large harvest, which tends to breed a level of prosperity, people might want to stick to that tradition because of the prosperity it brought that year. Yeah, people tend to get, you know, caught up in their traditions and, uh, you know, little superstitions. Then in Italy, they throw out their old pots like crockery and furniture out the window at midnight, symbolizing letting go of the past year while making way for better new things in the year. Like seriously, that's terrible. If you want to actually like nowadays, like people just sell it on Craigslist. Like, why are you going to throw it out the window? I know, you know it's Germany, great for pottery. Bar- it's great for pottery barn. I mean, they, you, you have to go and stock up. Maybe they need to invest more in Italy. That would actually be smart though. If, if they're throwing out stuff like that. I know in Germany, they throw out like Christmas trees out of the window or something like, I think I've heard that. I might be wrong. I need to check with my German friends. Uh, in Japan, the temples it will ring 108 chimes from bells, the shrines, like all across Japan. And the belief is that the chimes help man overcome 108 earthly temptations as he proceeds into the new year and moves closer to nirvana or salvation so that's interesting which is very specific oh you only have you either only or you have as much as 108 temptations which i wonder what the numerical reason of that is for yeah something to look into um in russia you drink your wish so you write a wish your new year's wish on a small piece of paper of course the russians want to drink (laughs) Dude, have you ever have you ever been to Russia? No, I have not. Is that a place you ever want to go to? Mm, I'm gonna go with uh, it's you know if I'm there, if I'm ever there I'm gonna give the polite answer. If I'm ever there, I'll be there. Yeah, I, like I'll be really honest, it's not a place I have any desire to ever visit. But if I'm That's there, I I'll, yeah, like if I'm there, I'll appreciate it. But it's not like, hey, where are you? Like, is this a place you want to see before you die? No. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like one of those places you're like man if i go here and i happen to die here kind of sucks you know what i mean like this is my thought anyway 
<laughs> no offense to anybody from Russia, but I think yeah. So, so tell us about the wonderful Russian culture after you just pooed all over it. Tell, no, tell I'm us talking more. about the land. I'm not talking about the culture. Oh, okay, sorry. No, I'm not talking about the culture. Russian culture. I mean, they have really great literature God, yeah, and artwork. Do. Their cuisine is not really good, though. But they but have anyway. good vodka. Um, but I respect them as a, as a people. They're really, you know, to be able to survive in that type of climate and environment. Kudos to you, man. I could I could tell you a story about uh, what is it? What I went uh, paintballing with a like a bunch of NYPD police officers, and we faced off against these Russians from like Brighton Beach. Man, they they whooped our ass. But anyway, so back to their New Year's celebration. What they do is is that they you write your wish for New Year's on a piece of paper, you burn it, and then you put the ashes in a glass of say like champagne or wine. And you have a drink before midnight, and you're. I'm gonna go with they put it in vodka, De Carlo. Let's be let's be honest. <laughs> Maybe more than likely vodka's great, but anyway, uh, in Scotland, the first person to step in your house after the clock strikes midnight could very well determine your family's New Year fortune. So it believe it's believed that children, being just you know innocent and pure, as close to pure as any human can be. Well, uh, are the first good footers because they bring a lot of good luck because of their purity or look for a tall, dark haired man and uh, women should look for blonde haired men. And so then, then they bring them in. So that's supposed to symbolize some type of good luck. Um, in Brazil, you have people who dress in white and honor Lemania, which is uh, a deity of sorts, I think might be from the tradition of like Santeria, but I'm not too caught up on it. Um, so what they do along Copacabana Beach is they'll, people gather and bring small baskets of flowers and gifts for the ocean goddess of fertility and motherhood. Oh, Yemaya, yes, it is for Santeria. So Yemaya, they, they bring out, um, yeah, baskets with flowers and, and gifts and they set them adrift. And it's believed they don't come back that they've been accepted by the goddess and that your new year will prosper. Um, in Denmark, they uh, smash a heap of plates on your doorstep. So you put breakable dishes and smash them on the front porch of their friends' houses. And the bigger the heap, the more liked you are. So that's supposed to symbolize good luck. And then in Chile, you walking, take, taking a walk around the block with an empty suitcase before midnight is believed to make travel dreams in the new year come true. Also wearing yellow underwear during your celebration is considered a major good luck charm. So anybody still rocking Joe boxers, you're in Chile, you're good. The Nobody gets between me and my Calvins, like Mark Wahlberg used to say. Oh, the, yo. Yeah, the, sure. uh, Speaking of 90s, and I want to go back to your part about Denmark, and I'm sure, I'm sure the breaking of the plates in front of your neighbor's they're so polite that I'm sure that they also bring plates to break and a broom to sweep it up. Isn't that interesting considering that the Danish were like Vikings and they were like rape and pillage? So, and then they're like, I nice. have said this many times. You're talking about the Swedes, the Norwegians, the Danes, and the, well, maybe the Finnish, but the Finnish are very, very different. But yeah, because there's these like are a the lot most of violent people. If you don't know, everyone, people from a certain political spectrum love to worship. Uh, the Danes and the, the Norwegians and the Swedes. We're not going to go down that road, but you don't realize that <coughs> a thousand Nordic, years, Aryan. Oh, I, the, uh, a yeah. thousand years ago, those people were unbelievably violent. That the Christians in Northern Europe, they would have, they would have uh, prayers, and one of them went, "God save us from the wrath of the Norsemen." Because they would go and absolutely savage from the Baltic Sea, which is modern day uh, Lithuania, Estonia, the Baltic countries, all through Germany, Denmark, France, and and of course in, in England, they just they ran the place. And they even went down to the the even some of the Vikings went down to Spain and and those it's also into the uh, North America and Newfoundland. But I, have you ever right. been to Scandinavia? I've been to Stockholm, yes. Okay, yeah, I went to Sweden, and I went to Sweden in the dead of winter. Stockholm, Sweden, yeah. I could totally understand why people would want to, like, 
kill after living in that environment <laughs> like especially when there's not like a Spain modern france no especially when there's not like a modern welfare state like it's understandable why they're like calm like maybe you know what maybe that's an interesting thing to think about how certain they got it all out of the system over like systems. hundreds and hundreds of years of, of, of pillaging and doing bad things to men and women. yeah and then you're just like you know what we want to maintain you know i trust my fellow because i believe who they are we're homogeneous whatever the case may be and but it, it's so interesting how those countries are the like ha- the most content. We can't say happy because they would always like they 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 rate high as so content. And it's like well because I have health care, I get an annual monthly stipend, my education is paid for, health you know like I have to pay high taxes, but at the same time at least I know the the essentials are, are taken care of, and I don't really need to be angry. But living there can make you angry. Hence why they also have the higher suicide rates in most countries. Okay. That's, uh, that's, uh, we're, we're going <laughs> to end on a good note. We're going to end on a good note. So from the darkness of the Norsemen ravaging Northern Europe, uh, what I want to do in this next segment, grow a Talk beard. Talk about another go, guy going into dark, though. Grow, grow a beard <laughs> and grow into hiding, a.k.a the Federal Witness Protection Program. I want to send this guy back to ancient, not ancient times, but the times of the Vikings that let him, let them take care of him. I'm joking. So we were, he had, DiCarlo said that there's a certain New York Mets fan who's a billionaire that we're going to send away. And this is the man. This man was born and raised in Brooklyn. He graduated from St. John's University. And... He wanted to buy the New York Mets for a, for a long time, and he was also a partner in uh, in the in the investment world in New York and on Wall Street, actually in Goldman Sachs to be exact. We are not talking about Uncle Steve. We love Uncle Steve. We love Steve Cohen, the new owner of the New York Mets. I'm talking about the man we're going to send away to ancient Iceland slash Sweden, Stuart Sternberg, the current owner of the Tampa Bay. Rays, my second favorite team, the team that represented the American League in the World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. This owner has, or at at least used to have, season tickets to the New York Mets while owning the Tampa Bay Rays. This, I cannot believe that you would own a team, but still have season tickets to another team. And who's to say that he doesn't, he still doesn't have a suite in City Field where the New York Mets play. I'm flabbergasted. I was even more upset uh, over the past two or three weeks. No, I lie. Over the past month or so when the New York, the New York, the Tampa Bay Rays let go of their two best pitchers, Blake Snell. They just traded him a few days ago to the San Diego Padres because they're like, oh, we don't need him anymore. He was the best pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays in the playoffs. They also didn't want to pick up Charlie Morton, their second best pitcher, his $15 million option for 2021 $15 million is a lot of money for you and me $15 million is not a lot of money in major league baseball world especially for a pitcher of the caliber of Charlie Morton Charlie Morton he just said okay fine you aren't going to pay me I'm going to go sign with the Atlanta Braves thank you very much I, I can't understand that this man he Stuart Sternberg doesn't even live in Tampa he still lives up he still lives up in New York Again, we said he's a St. John's graduate. He's born and raised in Brooklyn. He loved, he loves the Mets. He was a partner in Goldman Sachs. He cashed out in 2002, and he ended up getting about $400, $400 million for his well, shares in Goldman can, Sachs. Can I ask you this question? No, think about no, it. No, no. This is a dictatorship like Vladimir Putin's Russia. Anyway. <laughs> um, but think about it. Like, if you're a business owner, maybe like this guy really just looks at the race as a business venture, nothing more. Absolutely. So, because think about it, you had individuals like Bill Gates who was on the board of Apple, but yet on Microsoft. And they're like almost direct competitors to a degree, but at the same time, he's benefiting from Apple being able to have a certain market share, but also his Microsoft being able to have a certain market share. And at the same time, it's like, screw it, I don't really care, I'm making money. And maybe it's the same type of approach for him. Sure. In but to this. you know what? Apple and Microsoft have are always investing in R&D, research and development. The, the Tampa Bay Rays have arguably the best front office in Major League Baseball, analytics-wise, and just the type, the type of caliber of people they have there. That, you have to tip your hat to Mr. Sternberg for that. But 
the actual players, he has the lowest payroll in the league or the second lowest pay, payroll in the league. Next year, it's projected to be uh, in the mid 60 million, in around $65 million for 2021. You have the Dodgers and the Yankees pushing up against $200 million. And, and to their credit, the Rays were able to go all the way to the World Series with this minuscule payroll. But what does that mean? That this man does not invest in the product on the field. He invests on the smarty pants, the analytical part, people, which is very important. But he doesn't want to pay them the, the actual players that go out and execute the strategy of the manager. Well, I Kevin can't Cash blame him being the, the front office. Just... I can't blame it being that Tampa Bay is a small market team. So you're not. Oh, 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 we're good. Oh, I'm glad you, you, this trigger warning, trigger warning. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because (laughs) I I am tired. I saw your face turn as soon as I said, well, it's a small market team. (laughs) No, no. Look, I am tired of baseball people saying, oh, Tampa, it's a small market. Of course, he's not going to put money in it. And no one, no one goes to the games. You know what? I've been to a bunch of games at Tropicana Field. That is the ugliest, worst stadium in the league. And Sternberg has wanted to, open to, to, to build a new stadium in Tampa proper. And he's also said, hey, we're just going to move to the team to Montreal for part time. That's, that's, that's the most innate, insane thing. But that would be interesting having a two like, I mean, I'm just saying, theoretically speaking, not actually, you know, implementing having a team play in Montreal part of the season and another part. And I mean, that's bad because it's not as though Montreal was a good market anyway, when the Expos were there. That's right. So again, Dorian, what's your whole point here? Tampa Bay, the area loves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this was even before Tom Brady went to go play quarterback for the NFL, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers won a Super Bowl. 20 odd years ago and the team that started it's, out wearing creamsicles by the way yeah and they sell out people if you're if you're in the tampa bay area everyone has their tampa bay buccaneers stickers and flags but and that's football that. though like that's Stop. sec oh, town oh, that's oh, SEC oh no, no 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 tampa bay is not sec we're talking it's about florida. college football it's florida in in, in in tampa bay everyone loves college football as well everyone loves the university of south florida bulls and the university of florida gators and the florida state South because a lot of the alumni settle in Tampa Bay. Those are the three big college football teams in in Tampa Bay. Lastly, uh, Tampa doesn't have a basketball team. Tampa does have an ice hockey, hockey team. Can you imagine that? The and Lightning. Won, they won the Stanley Cup this past year. And that's the second Stanley Cup they've won in the past 15 years. Yeah, if you're in Tampa, good. Tampa, again, Tampa loves the Tampa Bay Lightning. It, you, you listener, if you're not a hockey fan, and if you listen to this podcast, believe me, you are. And I'm bare. I'm really not a hockey fan. But being in Tampa Bay, you, the owner, which I wish I remember his name. That owner loves hockey, and he loves the city of Tampa and the and the surrounding areas. There are so many young Floridian kids growing up playing uh, line. What is it called? Uh, line hockey like you know it rollerblade hockey i, I don't know what you, you what you call it but roller because hockey. they roller hockey because <laughs> they, they real because he realized they're signing all these european players and they come to florida they're like we love the weather but our kids can't play hockey here because it's it's florida it's there's no high, ice yeah. there's no snow and he said i'm gonna start building all these rinks so that they can play roller hockey and they're becoming really really good and you know, just like in other towns in america and other cities in america people kids go to play Football camp, basketball camp, baseball camp, hockey is humongous. And again, if you go in Tampa, those are the two flags that people uh, fly on their cars and in their homes. The Tampa Bay Lightning, a hockey team in in, in Florida, unimaginable. And of course, the NFL, the football team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The reason why no one goes to the Tampa Bay Rays games is not because people don't like baseball. Tampa Bay Rays are a really good team. They put a good product, or at least they win, it's just the stadium is all the way down in St. Pete. It's very, very hard to get into. People, a lot of people don't live around there. A lot of there's no businesses down, like major corporations down there. And on top of that, it's an ugly stadium. And everyone knows that Ster, Mr. Sternberg does not like Tampa. He does, he's not there. He actually had to been quoted as saying, "Well, uh, Mr. Steinberg, Steinberg, Steinbrenner, one of the one of the uh, legendary owners of the New York Yankees." from the Yankees from Tampa. And so I don't see why I can't run the Tampa Bay Rays from New York. 
people know that you don't want to be there. You, you, your heart is not there. So you're not going to put one extra penny in there. And uh, I can't stand these people always crying poor. It's like, oh, I wish I could. But you see, no one goes to the games. Well, well so, do something about it. Well, so Dorian has provided an alternative uh, um, possibility as to why nobody goes to the Tampa Bay Rays team. I mean, I have to agree with him. The stadium is pretty crap. And it's it's funny because it, it was like in like 2000 or something. When did the Rays know? In like 90? No, even before that, like 96, 97. When did they expand into the league? I think it was 98 that they came no, into the Okay, because I remember – I specifically remember they definitely came around when the Yankees were having their dynasty because one of the big games is when El Duque like struck out like 13 or somebody like of them or another. And, um, yeah, that stadium was just terrible. And, and, and I think also and, – and I have to agree with you too because considering that within that area, St. Petersburg, Jupiter, Tampa Bay, like you have the Grapefruit League during spring training. So it's not as though you don't have an audience for baseball. It's a large portion. You, a lot of those people, especially like New York transplants, they support New York teams. But at the same time, they – and yeah, you can support Tampa Bay, but – if you, I don't know, but I, I could see you want to it's watch not baseball, as though there's not, if you want to watch baseball, there's a team, there's an audience for it. So Mr. Stuart Sternberg, we're sending you into deep, deep Viking Sweden and, and uh, suggesting that you grow a beard and go into hiding there. Because if you don't like the area, if you don't like the team, sell it, period. So we've gone way over our uh, initial 38 minute that we had predicted we would, but it's okay because we we're, we're always having fun here. And we also know that you listener always have fun with your pets. Tweet us a picture of your pet listening to the podcast or just sleeping, which we all know is what their, their favorite activity. Our Twitter handle is at HBP 4040. And remember to use the hashtag HB pets, HBP ETS and remember, and you can also tweet us nineties ly- '90s lyrics like ah, 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 ah. and we'll be happy to retweet now. that as well. Everybody dance now! <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you again for listening. We want to wish you guys a healthy and happy new year. Good riddance, twenty twenty. It will be nice to send you off to that faraway land on the ocean, and hopefully, we can shoot a flaming arrow at you to send you to the gods. Um, so definitely want to wish you guys health, safety, safe 2021. And let's hope that this coming year provides us with a lot more prosperity than this one that we are moving away from. Uh, remember you can please and do this, subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. It's always nice to hear what you guys think about us. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple podcasts, and Google podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at HBP4040 and our drinks will be in the show notes and join us for our next, next time, excuse me, for our next episode of the Hipster Baseball Podcast. Take care, everybody. Peace.